politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Well, Jen Psaki is doing her White House press briefing, and I kid you not, she just said, because COVID. Because COVID. That's why gas prices are so high, because COVID. So now you know. Got it? Because COVID. That's amazing. The excuses are just absolutely amazing, aren't they? Welcome to the podcast. Try to pop this up for you here. Obviously, you settled down here. Could we possibly see that by the end of the year? Is that is that off the table? Well, we're continuing to evaluate. Uh, obviously, we have a whole month left in the year, so I don't want to give you a timeline from here, but we'll continue to monitor prices. We'll continue to monitor supply. And, uh, this is obviously a top priority for the president. Go ahead. Following up on all these as well, to be more explicit, do you rule out releasing more from the reserves if prices don't go down? I'm not going to rule out options from here. Obviously, we're emphasizing a significant step uh, the president took today. The Department of Energy is preparing to take, as you heard from our uh, guest at the briefing room today. Uh, we're looking at a range of options. We will continue to, but we feel this is an important step, uh, something that, as the secretary noted, over the last several weeks as these discussions have happened and, and as other countries have announced parallel releases, we've seen uh, uh, the oil prices go down about 10 percent. But I don't have any anything to predict, preview, or rule out for you here today. Just two more quick follow-ups. The Japanese were quoted this morning as saying they weren't certain yet when or how they would do this. So who exactly has committed other than us to doing this? Well, I think, one, there have been a number of countries who have already announced uh, planned uh, releases, uh, including uh, China, including India, um, Japan, Republic of, I mean, Japan, I think, it has the intention to, the Republic of Korea, and the United Kingdom. So there are a number of countries that either have or will. Um, you know, that's part of the discussions we've had. I don't want to obviously speak for them. These are just the countries we've had discussions with. No, right. These are good countries, with, too. China, to India, specific. the finest, the finest no countries. Confusion. You are not the spokesperson for the No, I have enough on my plate. Um, and then, just real quick, you keep mentioning, and others have mentioned this letter from the FTC, or to the FTC. Yeah. Have you heard back from the FTC? They're obviously an independent uh, actor, this is uh, and about we will let them going speak after, for themselves. Um, this is about going after oil and gas companies saying that they are price gouging, this year, which is a bunch uh, of BS. Where we uh, expressed a concern about uh, kind of monopolies or oil conglomeration of oil companies. Uh, that's something they responded and took action, but I would point you th to them for uh, any intention of their response. Go ahead. Thanks, Jen. A couple days ago, President Biden was in Here's Michigan. He was thanking Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib for the passport into her district. Now she is supporting legislation that would release all federal prisoners within 10 years. Would the president ever support that? Well, the president did enjoy visiting Michigan uh, and visiting uh, Congresswoman Tlaib's district. Uh, but let me be absolutely clear. Uh, the president does not support abolishing prisons. Uh, he does not support defunding the police. He thinks measures like that will make us less safe, and he would not support legislation that includes it. What he does support is effective and accountable community policing and a fair justice system, and he supports investment in public health, education, the environment, housing, community-based programs. But he knows there are steps, and he believes there are steps that we know are going to reduce crime and make our neighborhoods safer, uh, but that is not one of them in his view. Another topic. Would the president ever apologize to the acquitted Kenosha shooter Kyle oh, Rittenhouse nice. for suggesting online nice. and on TV that he is a white supremacist. <laughs> nice, well, dude. let's be clear what we're talking about here. here. We go. This is about a campaign video 
released last year that used President Trump's own words during a debate as he refused to condemn white supremacists and militia groups. And President Trump, as we know from history, and as many of you covered, didn't just refuse to condemn militia groups on the debate stage, he actively encouraged them throughout his presidency. So. Uh, you know, what we've seen are the tragic consequences of that. When people think it's okay to take the law into their own hands, instead of allowing law enforcement to do they, its they job. And the president believes in condemning verdict. hatred, division, and violence. That's exactly what was done in that video. But if uh, you're saying that it was just a campaign video, it wasn't. The president also gave an interview where he said this uh, Rittenhouse was part of a militia coming out of Illinois. Have you ever heard this president referring to Trump say one negative thing about white supremacists? These are all things. Uh, None of this was proven in the trial. And Kyle Rittenhouse is saying that the president had actual malice in defaming his character. Is that what happened here? The, yes. The president spoke to the verdict uh, last week. Uh, he has obviously condemned uh, the hatred and division and violence we've seen around the country by groups like the Proud Boys uh, and groups that uh, that individual has posed in photos with. Um, but beyond that, I'll leave it to his comments around the verdict. And then just one more topic. What message does it send to the middle class Americans President Biden says that he's trying to help who are struggling this week to cover the cost of the most expensive Thanksgiving ever? Just that for president going is going to take a few days off at a billionaire's compound in Nantucket. Boom. Well, first I would say, I don't know if you've cooked a turkey before, but a 20-pound turkey is a pretty big turkey. I think we can all agree. They're about $1 more. Uh, so not to minimize that, any increase in prices is something the president is concerned about, as is evidenced by his announcement today and as his efforts to push forward on additional relief for the American people. But I just want to be clear that there are abundance of turkeys available. There are about $1 more for a 20-pound bird, which is a huge bird just if a you're dollar. feeding a very just big suck family. Just it up, a dollar. Uh, and that's something that, again, we've been working to make sure people have more money in their pockets to address it as the economy is turning back on. What the president said today that he was sent here to look out for these working and middle class families who are strained right now. So what should they read into him leaving now at this time of uh, great personal financial hardship for so many to go to Nantucket? It means he thinks well, first he's I better would say, than you. Peter, that uh, I hope Peter. you're spending time with your family. I'm spending time with my family. And I hope everybody in here is spending time with their families. This is a time to put politics aside, uh, spend time with your loved ones, and talk about what you're grateful for. No, I will also tell you from spending some family. time working for, for this president and a past president that yeah. you are president no matter where you are. Uh, he will conduct his work from wherever he is on any vacation, on any time. Uh, he is in Delaware, at Camp David, or wherever he may be spending time with his loved ones. Uh, he has secure phone uh, capabilities. He has staff traveling with him, and I think the, the phone, American though. people That's can be question. assured that he, he will continue to press to properly. lower their costs and ensure they have more breathing room. Go ahead, Monica. Jen, I'm curious because of the president's comments about the deadly events in Charlottesville being an inspiration for his decision to run for president. Has he been following the Unite the Right trial, and is there any White House reaction? Okay, uh, so we're just yeah, keeping Fox an eye News on the get White House press so briefing. I will jump out of this as well. Jen Psaki, uh, <laughs> speaking to the press. You just Thank you for that. All right, well, there you go. I figured I'd bring that live, just like the old days in the afternoons when I was able to uh, talk about this stuff and, and uh, bring this up to you live and in real time. So that's always a lot of fun when I get to do that. Anyway, welcome. Hope you're having a great afternoon today. The president spoke a short time ago as well, and uh, he said a bunch of things that I will also share with you as well uh, as the show progresses this afternoon, um, basically about climate change and energy and all kinds of other things today. Uh, Secretary Granholm does not know how long it's going to last. Uh, she doesn't even know how much oil the U.S. consumes in a day. 
By the way, this Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, has no idea how much oil we even consume um, as Americans in, in a day. They, they they don't even know. They have because see, we're opening fifty million barrels from the Strategic Reserve, but we don't know is that is that three days worth of oil? Is that is that five minutes worth of oil? Like, well, how much is it? It's a, it's a good point, right? How many barrels of oil does the U.S. consume per day? I don't have that number in front of me. Why would you? Why would the Secretary of Energy have that number in front of her, right? That's that's absurd. Come on. Come on. You remember, of course, the time that she laughed, right, about high gas prices? In Sturgis, Michigan, it is $2.89 a gallon. I guess that's better than in California. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Would that I had the magic wand on this. As you know, of course, uh, I mean, oil is a right. global market. It is controlled right. by a cartel. That cartel is called OPEC. And they made a decision yesterday that they were not going to increase beyond what they were already planning. Now, that's a lie. As I share with you, the Cato Institute did a full report on this. And the reality is that the United States is down in our production 10% since President Trump left office. It's closer to 11, actually. OPEC's down, but OPEC's only down 6%. So it's actually the United States. It's our, it's our problem. It's our issue. And the left is doing this on purpose, obviously. And, and, and also, I would add to you that shutting down pipelines is a major issue as well because we have less supply. If we have less supply and there's still a lot of demand, that's going to cause prices to go up. This is freaking Econ 101. The gasoline. I also want to briefly address one myth about inflated gas prices. <laughs> They're not due to environmental measures. Oh. My effort to combat climate change is not raising the price of gas or increasing its availability. It, what it's doing, it's increasing the availability of jobs. Huh? Jobs building electric cars like the one I drove at the GM Detroit, the GM factory in Detroit last week. For the hundreds of thousands of folks who brought one of those electric cars, they're going to save 800 to to $1,000 in fuel costs this year. And we're going to put those savings within reach of more Americans and create jobs installing solar panels, batteries, electric heat pumps, jobs making those clean power generating devices. And by the way, deploying these technologies for each home where they're installed is going to save folks an additional hundreds of dollars in energy costs every year. Let's do that. Let's beat climate change with more extensive innovation and opportunities. We can make our economy and consumers less vulnerable to these sorts of price spikes when we do that. And finally, even as we meet, even as we meet to work uh, out this challenge. Yeah. Does anybody understand any of that, by the way? Uh, he just reads stuff off a of teleprompter, obviously. He's just reading something off a script. But even what he's reading doesn't make any sense. It, re- it doesn't make any sense. That, that's the reality here. And and he gave this big speech in, on inflation and energy prices. And re- I mean, gave a speech, read from teleprompter, and then ignored questions from reporters, even the questions asking when he'll take questions. Biden actually ignored those questions as well. Thank you for your time and effort. Now, plenty of time to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. When will you answer our questions, sir? When will you answer our questions, sir? America is back. No, 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 I'm sorry. America's back. He showed America his back, which is America's back. America's not back, not even close to being back. But anyway, also, too, uh, Biden today wants you to know everybody just kind of suck it up. Just kind of suck it up, all right? I know you're paying more, but, you know, a little perspective. Even as we meet, 
He's having me to work uh, out this right. challenge. What? It's important to maintain perspective about where our economy stands today. The fact is, America has a lot to be proud of. Okay, so have some perspective as you're paying more in the grocery store. Can you pay with perspective? I know you pay with Visa or MasterCard. Can you pay with perspective is my question. So I have plenty of perspective, you know. Joe Biden says Americans are seeing high gas prices because oil-producing countries have not ramped up the supply of oil quickly enough, which is a lie, as I mentioned to you. The United States is down almost 11% right now uh, because of our, our, our decrease in production, thanks to these uh, ridiculous, ridiculous liberals who are now running the country. A big part of the, of the reason Americans are facing high gas prices is because oil-producing countries and large companies have not ramped up the supply of oil quickly enough to meet the demand. That's not true. And we know that, right? I mean, we all know that that's a bunch of BS because uh, if we were to increase our supply, not just I don't mean tapping from the strategic reserve, I mean, actually going out there with our supply, uh, we might do a better job on this. But we've got high gas prices and we're in a transition. The transition is now all the people that run the crazy, crazy left and the Green New Deal people transitioning us, trying to get us off of gas and oil. Well, that's I mean, where the message are. is that this, we are in a transition. And the transition does not happen overnight. And we recognize we're not going to flip a switch and be completely um, all clean because we haven't done the, the investment necessary. Yeah, we're going to flip a switch and get you to be off of oil and natural gas. So there, there you go. I mean, you know, I hope Kyle Rittenhouse sues President Biden. I really do. I hope Kyle Rittenhouse sues him. He should sue MSNBC. He should sue a lot of people for the way that they, they went after this young man. They really should. But... <laughs> But I'll tell you what, uh, Saki's answer today, the president believes in condemning hatred, division, and violence. He won't apologize. He never will apologize, obviously, to Kyle Rittenhouse. And it's a disgrace because he might have influenced the jury. Thank God he didn't. Thank God he didn't is, is the only thing I could say right now. Uh, all right, we got a lot to get to. Uh, I'll give you more on Biden's speech today. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. All right, so in the president's rambling reading off a teleprompter today he read a couple of interesting things which i'll share with you uh first of all on the oil front and i just want to add this too remember i i've been saying to you for a while that this is all by design these high gas prices high oil prices it's all by design it's it's to get you off of oil and natural gas it's what uh biden's nominee to be the currency czar or whatever the, the comptroller whatever it is who said we have to bankrupt oil and natural gas companies all right so this is all by design and biden admitted that today as well, essentially, in the speech that he gave. Take a listen. To, to the, the price you pay at the pump. So today I'm say. announcing that the largest ever release from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve to help provide the supply we need as we recover from this pandemic. In addition, I brought together other nations to contribute to the solution. India, Japan, the Republic of Korea, and the United Kingdom have agreed to release additional oil from their reserves. And China may do more as well. This coordinated action will help us deal with a lack of supply, which in turn helps ease prices. The bottom line, today we're launching a major effort to moderate the price of oil, an effort that will span the globe and its reach and ultimately reach your, cor your corner gas station. No, it's, it's not, it's not going to reach your gas station. And it's not going to help you with prices more than a couple of cents. I mean, I, that's just the truth. That's just reality. 50 million gallons is nothing. We go through that in a day. In, I think three days is what they said. Three days. Okay. I've worked hard these past few weeks 
and calls and meetings with foreign leaders, policymakers to put together the building blocks for today's global announcement. And while our our combined actions will not solve the problem of high gas prices overnight, it will make a difference. It will take time, but before long, you should see the price of gas drop where you fill up your tank. And in the longer term, we will reduce our reliance on oil as we shift to clean energy. There it is. But right now, I will do what needs to be done to reduce the price you pay at the pump. From the middle class and working families that are spending much too much and it's a strain. And you're the reason I was sent here to look out for you. There's another issue that's a, to be... Uh, you know, so I mean, look, I, what, can I, what can I tell you? What, what, what can I say here? This is about transitioning off oil and natural gas. Anybody with a brain can see that. Come on. This is why, again, Granholm said it today too. The energy secretary said the same thing. This is why we're working faster than ever. To add clean energy. Further pain at the pump. Oil prices have not been this high uh, in seven years. And, and they're uh, happy to be about clear, that. the president is prepared to use every appropriate tool to ensure that Americans have access to affordable energy today. Some, um, you know, because low income families and middle class families and working class people are suffering the most. He wants to make sure that he has got a robust array of tools and he's prepared to, um, to evaluate them and use them. But as we look ahead, the situation shows that we've got to stop relying on one source of energy. We're not, by the way, relying on one source of energy. We use lots of different sources. That's the thing. And that's what we believe in using lots of sources of energy, using all of it. See, people on the conservative side of the aisle actually believe in using solar panels and windmills and uh, other things too along with oil and natural gas and nuclear basically using everything right hydropower all of it using everything the left only believes in using green uh, green energy that's the difference that's the difference right there they're trying to eradicate oil and natural gas the conservatives are not trying to get rid of dams like hydropower for example right they're not trying to get rid of solar panels they're not trying to get rid of wind turbines although there's an argument to be made about where they're placed obviously They're ugly as hell. They kill birds. But the left is the one trying to destroy oil and natural gas, which then limits the amount of tools we have to power up this country, which requires a lot of energy to do so. Actually from volatile sources. So we have a short-term issue and we have a long-term issue. Um, Mm -hmm. Relying upon um, volatile sources or relying upon fuel from countries that may not have our best interests at heart hurts the American. We don't have to be relying on those countries if we would just ratchet up our production to the level it was when President Trump was in office. American people in the long and in the short uh, run. So it's why we're working faster than ever to diversify our energy, to add more clean energy. It's why the president's uh, vision of building out clean energy sources like solar and wind and hydropower and geothermal and advanced that is the answer that is the best strategy long term to protect american consumers from these energy price shocks the bipartisan infrastructure law that was uh, just signed is going to expand our infrastructure related to clean energy the electric grid so we can integrate more clean sources it's nobody's upset about incorporating clean sources of energy Nobody, except the left is upset about using oil and natural gas because of climate change. That's 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 the reality here. Let's just be honest. Biden today wants you to know that it's a myth. It's a myth, he says, that his efforts to combat climate change 
are raising the price Paying of gas. a fair price for the gasoline. I also want to briefly address one myth about inflated gas prices. Mm-hmm. They're not due to environmental measures. Oh. My effort to combat climate change is not raising the price of gas. Good to know. Or increasing its availability. It, what it's doing, it's increasing the availability of jobs. There we go. And jobs. Bl- there you go. It's not, it's not climate change, okay? It's not climate change that's causing the gases to go up, the gas prices to go up. Got it? How about this, though? It's Thanksgiving. Obviously, on Thursday. In fact, when this podcast ends, I have to go brine the turkey. So I will brine the turkey. I'm doing a dry brine this year. And I'm doing a dry brine. And then, of course, on Thursday, I will fire up the old deep fryer. I will add lots and lots of peanut oil. You know the process by that, right? What you do is you you have to put the turkey in the fryer with oil. I mean, with, with water to gauge the level of oil that you need because you have to get it right, obviously. Because the oil has to heat up and then you put the turkey in. It sears the skin. So the process by which I do it is I'll take, the, is this interesting? Take it out, I'll do a dry brine, and then... I will put it in the deep fryer on Thursday, fill it up with water, mark it with a permanent marker so I know exactly how much oil to add, take the turkey out, because you have to you have to compensate for when the turkey is submerged, obviously. Science. Science. And then add the peanut oil, fry it up, that baby. Oh, delicious. Delish. I gotta make sure I have propane. Oof. That could be awkward. Gotta make sure I have propane. Now that I think about it. Okay, Uh, so Biden says, listen, everything's going to be fine for Thanksgiving, all right? Everything you need is going to be there. Don't you worry about a thing, even though stores around the country are putting limits on how much you can buy. I also met the CEOs of Walmart, Target, Home Depot, TJ Maxx, and others. Those retailers, large retailers, and others agreed to move products more quickly, stock the shelves more quickly. And by the way, you may have heard the CEO of Walmart yesterday on the steps we've taken. He said, and I quote, the combination of private enterprise and government working together has been really successful. He went on to say, all the way through the supply chain, there's a lot of innovation. Mm. Because of the actions we've taken, things have begun to change. End of quote. In the past three weeks, the number of containers sitting on docks blocking movement Mm -hmm. are down by 33%. Shipping prices are down 25%. More goods are moving more quickly and more cheaply out of our ports, onto your doorsteps and on the store shelves. And so all these concerns a few weeks ago, there would be uh, there not be ample food available for Thanksgiving. So many people talked about that, understandably. But families can rest easy. Grocery stores are well stocked with turkey and everything else you need for Thanksgiving. And the major retailers I Got mentioned it? are. Can have- you don't have to worry about a thing. All right. Everything you need is there for Thanksgiving. Everything you need. Any questions? No? Good. I'm glad because we don't have time for questions. (laughs) I mean, we literally don't have any time for questions. Now, let's talk about Hunter Biden for a moment, shall we? Because I think you're interested in this New York Times story. At least you should be. Published November 21st. How Hunter Biden's firm helped secure cobalt for the Chinese. The president's son was part of a venture involved in the $3.8 billion purchase by a Chinese conglomerate of one of the world's largest cobalt depositories. Hmm. The metal is a key ingredient in batteries for electric vehicles. All right, there we go. So what did Hunter Biden do? The guy who, of course, has no ties to China whatsoever. Huh? Let's see. 
An investment firm where Hunter Biden, the president's son, was a founding board member, helped facilitate a Chinese company's purchase from an American company of one of the world's richest cobalt mines located in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Mr. Biden and two other Americans joined Chinese partners in establishing the firm in 2013 known as BHR and formerly named Bohai Harvest RST in Shanghai, an equity investment fund management company. Three Americans, all whom served on the board, control 30% of this private equity firm registered in Shanghai. The rest of the company is owned and controlled by Chinese investors that include the Bank of China. One of the deals was uh, to help finance an Australian coal mining company controlled by a Chinese state-owned firm. It also assisted a subsidiary of a Chinese defense conglomerate in buying a Michigan auto parts maker. So it's very helpful as Hunter Biden and his firm helped the Chinese buy more and more of of, of our companies and our and our goods. The firm made it one of the most successful investments in 2016 when it bought and later sold the stake in CATL, a fast-growing Chinese company that is now the world's biggest maker of batteries for electric vehicles. Again, it's odd, isn't it, that Biden is putting so much of an emphasis on electric vehicles, which require batteries, you know, like the ones made by this Chinese company, for example. And also, by the way, batteries that require electricity, just FYI, to power them. But that's for another show. The mining deal in Congo also came in 2016 when the Chinese mining outfit China Mali Bendem announced that it was paying $2.65 billion to buy Tanki Fugarama. I may be botching that. A cobalt and copper mine from the American company Freeport McMoran. Now, you might think to yourself, why would Hunter Biden... Get in with all these big Chinese companies. The answer is because of his dad. <laughs> By the time that uh, this equity firm sold its shares, Mr. Biden controlled 10% of the firm through Skinny Atlas LLC, a company based in Washington. Chinese corporate records show that Skinny Atlas remains a part owner. A lawyer for Mr. Biden says he no longer holds any interest directly or indirectly in either of this. He's just a painter now. <coughs> Excuse me. That's right. He's just an innocent artist. That's an innocent artiste. Now, it's unclear how the firm was chosen by China Molly Bendem, current executives at the BHR, the equity firm that Biden had a big stake in, did not return calls and phone calls for comment. We don't know Hunter Biden, nor are we aware of his involvement in BHR, said Vincent Zhu, a spokesman for China, Molly Bendem. Hunter Biden? Never heard of the guy. Biden? Biden? Kind of rings a bell. I, I, don't, I don't know. Is that... Is he, uh, wait, oh, yeah, but, yeah, 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 no, he's a, he beat up Corn Pop, right? Yeah, love that, yeah, 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 no, that, that guy, right. Oh, by the way, I know how it is that the firm was chosen, um, because Hunter Biden and his dad, <clears throat> Paul Conabier, chief executive of the Times, said it was made clear that China Molly Bendham was leading the transaction, even though the buyer of the stake was BHR, it's the equity company that Hunter Biden was part of. I never really understood who they were. Mr. Conabier said, when the mine was sold, Mr. Biden's father was near the end of his term as vice president. In the run-up to the 2020 presidential election, Hunter Biden's business ties in China were widely publicized, but I should also mention never really scrutinized. See, the New York Times points out they're widely publicized, but they were never actually scrutinized by the media. In fact, the media dismissed all this as just Russian propaganda. You remember? This was all propaganda. 
But BHR's role in the Chinese mine purchase was not a major focus. It has taken on new relevance because the Biden administration warned this year that China might use its growing dominance of cobalt to disrupt America's retooling of its auto industry to make electric vehicles. The metal is among several key ingredients in electric car batteries. When asked if the president had been aware of his son's connection to the sale, a White House spokesman said no. Phew! I would have, thank goodness they said no. I, for one, feel relieved. Do you feel relieved? Phew! I thank you, New York Times. I feel so much better now knowing that, that the president was unaware of any of this. Whew, that was a close one. That was a close one. So obviously now, as you can imagine, America is going to be even more dependent on China thanks to Joe Biden. That's right. And remember something, too. It's not just the fact that China... We're so dependent on them for so much. We also like how China does things, like their strict lockdowns, for example. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky in 2020 was praising, actually, really, China's efforts at handling the coronavirus. Have you seen examples of this kind of focused protection work either, you know, other countries here in the United States at other times? Is this something that we know can work? I, well, that's actually my biggest challenge with it, is I think that this is what Sweden tried to do. This was their plan. What we know from Sweden is that their their death rate, their per capita death well, there is is 591 per million. That rivals the United States at 593 per million to give you a sense of what lockdowns were able to do in other countries, and I mean really strict lockdowns. Um, in China, their death rate is 3 per million. So when you look at what Sweden was trying to do and what they are trying to emulate in Sweden, it didn't work. They were unable to protect them. You know what it is about China and those strict lockdowns? They know how to get it done. You know what I mean? They know how to get it done. You got to realize now, it might be a little controversial, but, (laughs) you know, the Chinese know what they're doing when it comes to that stuff. That's what I'm saying to you right now. All right? That's what I'm saying. Um, how do we also, by the way, maybe print more money to deal with inflation? Should we do that? Mm-hmm. I think we should. Uh, this is from Grabian. My administration believes that printing more money will help us with inflation. Okay? This is how we're going to make it all better. In case you're wondering, if you're worried about it, like my wife's at the grocery store right now, as a matter of fact. They're running low on peanut oil. So I told her, get whatever they have. Uh, This is what Biden, this is a little montage here of how spending more money will make inflation go down. We take inflation very seriously. Economists call all these things transitory effects. These one-time increases in prices are likely to have only transitory effects on inflation. There will be transitory impacts uh, in uh, as it relates to inflation. I believe it's transitory. A temporary or transitory impact. In the end, it will be transitory. These inflation uh, rises will be transitory, that they will come back down next year. Inflation is going to come down next year. Inflation will come down next year. Talk of inflation. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. People fully expect like this Joey. inflation to be uh, t- uh, temporary. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. No serious economists. The president's Build Back Better agenda as a whole will ease some of that inflationary pressure. The bipartisan infrastructure deal and Build Back Better agenda could likely ease inflationary pressures. It will ease longer term inflationary pressures. 
pressures. Through the ease inflationary pressure. I don't think that these investments will drive up inflation at all. Build Back Better will not increase inflation. The overall Build Back Better vision uh, is designed to reduce inflationary pressures. I have 17 Nobel laureates in economics sent me a letter recently saying that my proposals would actually reduce inflation. 17 Nobel laureate economists said that if we pass both of these plans, we would reduce inflation. 17 Nobel laureates in economics said it's going to lower inflation. 17 Prize winners in economics. 17 Nobel Prize winning economics. 17 Nobel laureates. A total of 14, I think it was 14, Nobel laureate economists. Since it is paid for. It would not increase inflation. Wages have gone up higher faster than inflation. Monthly rates of inflation have already fallen substantially. If we pass the other two things I'm trying to get done, we will in fact reduce inflation. Oh, Reduce inflation. Great. Reduce inflation. Reduce inflation. Got it? Good. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.